0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Blue Collar Real Estate. I'm Greg Mayo. And I am Ryan Hergett. Greg, this is, I'm most excited of all the episodes we've done, two seasons now. This is my, this is going to be my favorite episode. You know, we're going live and we're talking about something that really brings full circle everything that, that brings in what we started this entire show about. And that is, how does somebody go from taking a house that's maybe not perfect, it's not brand new, it's not what I like, right? Right. You know, the shiny object over there, right? But how do you take a house that's not awesome and make it awesome? So we're literally going to walk through the story of that. And even better yet, about 10 minutes from now, we're going to bring in the owners who bought this house. It was one of their very first investment properties. I am so uber excited to bring them on. They've become really, really good friends throughout the process. So it's going to be a really, really cool show today. So
1: And, and dare I say... And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how you're going to react, but dare I say we're getting ready to tell people how we actually hdtv would home. We actually
0: hgtv this home. I'm excited about it. Never and,
1: thought I'd turn that phrase.
0: And, and we brought all the people in. It was just like they do on the show, except we didn't have the cameras there for that. Although we should have done that, but uh, nevertheless, it worked out beautiful. So we're excited to share that story today. So Greg, we're going to get started and we're going to tell people about doing a flip. Right, we're going to walk people through how to do a flip here in Indianapolis. So, so we let's let's like circle back the clock here about I don't know sixty days or so, maybe ninety, I don't know. But we met uh, you know the people who ultimately ended up purchasing this yep. house. They're from another state out in Boston. We'll tell their story here in a few minutes. But uh, but you know they came in. I had the you know the privilege of meeting them, and then we were able to find something small. But from the time I met them to the time that we got started, this whole little thing called COVID happened. And it changed everything, right? right. Like we were going to go in and do, you know, you know, do an even bigger project, and things didn't did, you know, didn't work out because of the COVID stuff. But we found the perfect house to get started with. And so, for anybody that's looking to get started in real estate investing, we found the perfect house to get started with. And this thing has worked out so awesome for them. I'm, I'm super excited.
1: And and this is really important when you start out in investing. Sure, you want to go for that. Giant, Queen and Victorian, right? The 5,200 square-foot, 150-year-old house, and make it so beautiful and sexy. However, that eight-month rehab and 150, 200,000 it, dollars it, it's a little taxing if you've been doing it a while. It can absolutely be taxing, especially if you've been doing it a while, let alone if you haven't been doing
0: it a while. Right. If you're getting started with something like this, go ahead. I know you and I have a lot of stories to share on this episode about this, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you've never done a rehab before, which is really what this show is about, this one specifically, if you've never done this before, we want to literally pull the curtain back on what it is to do a rehab and tell you all about it and from all the different
1: perspectives. And, And it reminds me of when I coach youth basketball. And I had a couple kids who literally did not understand the concept of a layup. Mm -hmm. These were 5th and 6th graders. Um, One of them wanted to shoot three-pointers during the game.
0: Steph Curry's pretty good at that.
1: And I'm like, okay, dude, I won't say his name, but I'm like, all right, dude, look, let's learn how to shoot from 5 feet before we worry about shooting from 30 feet. Uh, It's the same kind of concept with flipping houses. Let's start off with something small, which we did with this one let's let's do the necessary work and there's always going to be challenges and opportunities but the smaller the proper property the smaller the scope of work the less trouble you have if that makes any sense
0: generally speaking i would totally totally agree with that and and you know the smaller the project you know the less risk too you know when you're getting started with investing in anything you know it's it's not a bad idea to put your toe in the deep end right you know just let's let's get started here before we go all in you know 10 foot deep off the big diving board et cetera, and so that's that's what this property specifically was and so let's go ahead and kind of get started with some of the specifics on this now this is a a specific home located on the southeast side of indianapolis in a more urban area this was a home built in the late 50s but uh, you know this was a home that had been lived in for a long long time it needed a lot of tlc a lot of updates yep basically it was just a house that needed every single square inch of the house it
1: need a little bit of love right exactly right so and there were a lot of things that made it easier it's a slab yep right which so we didn't have crawl space issues like Thankfully. i know you've had a ton oh, of this man, year. crawl
0: spaces i literally never want to like go look at a house with a crawl space again right
1: <laughs> you can come over and help me in my crawl I'm space, busy but that day i bet um but yeah so it it, it, it's what I would call a national home. Now, there were several builders that built this style of home in the late 50s into the 60s. But it's a very, very simple home, simple layout, simple floor plan, mm-hmm. one bathroom, a kitchen, right? Yeah. It, it was a great project to jump in on. So let's let's like flip through a couple of these initial photos so we can kind of – and and for those
0: of you that are listening on, on a podcast platform right now, iTunes, Stitcher, all of that – Scroll over to the YouTube page and check this out on YouTube, because you're, you're going to be able to see specifically what we're talking about. Pretend this is a TV show right now instead of a podcast. But, you know, this was a house that just simply, you know, it had this ragged chain link fence that was just it was gaudy. You know, it needed a lot of TLC. You know, the outside yard, it definitely hadn't been mowed or maintained in a long, long time. Yeah. You know, as we go through it, you know, as we kind of click through a few of the next photos here, you know, we can see. I mean, they attempted to like paint. I'm I, I think. They, I'm not sure where they went painting at. I think got some of this is,
1: is like drywall mud. That it, didn't they try to up around the corners or something? Let's it, go with
0: the word nice. Like really, really nice. Like this is if you can imagine the worst painting job of all time for those for those of you listening. Imagine that, and that's what this looks
1: like. Along with a baseboard heater that was painted in a bright blue color. And that's the fascinating part. So the the drywall <laughs> mud the corners it looks like they did with their bare hands, um, <laughs> which. I'll oh, tell that, you a story that about that some other a time. Big another story, yeah. But but they did such a nice job painting the baseboard heater. Although it ostensibly run the baseboard heater, but they did a fine job painting it. I just wonder why the skills didn't transfer. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. Yeah, the skills
0: on the baseboard heater. It, uh, you know, when we plugged that thing in, I'll never forget this. When we like plugged it in, it got hot and it started smelling. Yeah. It's <laughs> like you wouldn't think that. Like, wouldn't you notice that after a day or two? It's like maybe this. You wasn't, would think. Yeah. But nevertheless, so that's what we started with. And Jason, if you don't mind uh, talking to Jason, our our producer, let's flip like two or three photos ahead. I really want to get to the photo of the kitchen because this is one of the areas that became such a cool, cool point of this home. Yeah, the green baseboard heater in the kitchen is. We're going through the that's, photos that's here sexy. maybe one or two more photos deep Th- there it is so this is the kitchen and so one of the things that i think so many times when you're taking on a uh, investment you know that you don't take into consideration and, and and that's the like oh crap i didn't plan on that factor well we had one of those big ones with this oh yeah you know with this specific home because these cabinets while they're you know they look clean we we, we had a full budget in place to sand them down clean them all up Well, guess what? When we sanded these things down, they had been sanded down about 42 times before, I think. I mean, there was scuff marks in them. They were an absolute train wreck. So this was one of those first surprises that we really ran into on this home that's like, wait a second. Plan A is no longer going to work.
1: And we had to revert to a plan B on that. And the thing is, we didn't find that out until we had gotten halfway through the $56 gallon of cabinet paint. Right, right. That was one of those
0: awesome lessons learned. Right. (laughs) So before we dive too deep into this, I want to bring on a couple special guests. If you don't mind, Greg, let's go ahead and bring Perry and Paul into this conversation right now. Um, We've got Perry Livingston and Paul Salu on the line with us. Perry and Paul were the uh, original investors on this specific home. And we really wanted to bring them on to really encourage others that, yes, you can do this. You know, yes, this can be scary. Yes, there's a lot of moving parts to this. And there's so many things that can happen. But anybody can truly use real estate as a vehicle to make money, to use as a long term investment strategy, use as a short term investment strategy as we're using on this one right now. So there's so many awesome ways that you can use real estate to move your life forward in a very positive way. So Perry, we are so excited to have you on board. So thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome.
2: Great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So so we want to kind of dive into this a little bit and kind of pull some of your story out, you know, as far as what was it? Because, you know, you're getting into the business of real estate investing. Right. And, you know, you started down this path. You know, we had a you know, the pleasure of meeting a handful of months ago, but kind of bring, you know, tell everybody your story. You know, know, what was it that made you decide that, you know, real estate investing is the right thing for me and kind of bring people up to speed, if you don't mind, in the next two or three minutes?
2: Sure. Yes. So um, I've. Always loved the idea of passive income, and I really never really understood the vehicle at which to do that. Like I was always one of those people that were searching online, like how do I make money at home? Like how do I get this started? And real estate kind of kept popping up for me. And fortuitously, like most of my family is in real estate, whether it be residential or commercial. Um, and I found this website called Bigger Pockets, and I just I dove that. deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and I knew this was definitely the right path for me. So I tried to figure out how to make that happen. So I ended up kind of fast forwarding, getting my first, like my first home and was like, Hey, you know what? Like we I don't need to live here anymore. Like we're going to move to a different location. Like let's rent this thing out. So that was kind of like my first real, like real estate investment property. And then I met my good friend, Paul, and we were thinking about, and how do we grow this real estate idea a little bit bigger? And honestly, now the rest is history.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. I absolutely love the fact that, you know, you guys chose to just dive in on this and get started with everything. Let you know, let me ask you, Perry, because I think a lot of times a lot of people are are maybe reserved at getting started with doing something like this. Tell, you you know, tell people if you could maybe break it down into three simple steps, not to put you on the spot here or anything, but, you know, if you could kind of break it down, what were maybe some of the initial fears that you had about getting started here? But then, you know, what are maybe, you know, one, two or three things that, you know, you would recommend that somebody that's, you know, considering doing this, what are those first couple steps for somebody?
2: So I think the first fear for me, which I think for a lot of people is money, right? Real estate is not cheap. It's not like you're you're buying like a candy bar at the store. Like this thing can, can get quite large. And I think for me, at least, like when I took a look at like those HGTVs, they always, you know, dramatize things where things hit the fan and, everything goes wrong, but then it might all work out at the end. Like that type of stuff terrified me. So like, for me, it was education and like truly understanding, like what type of funding is actually available for me, Um, like whether it be the different types of mortgages, whether it be my favorite acronym of OPM or other people's money, Mm -hmm. and just really understanding like how you can truly finance a property to kind of get things done um and the second piece is not being afraid to ask questions so like for me like i'm a huge proponent of bigger pockets and kind of going to a community of real estate investors especially now that we're all remote like having an online community of like-minded folks is very important especially those who are willing to answer your questions of i'm sure like people have given answers to previously so that's Mm -hmm. been immense for me um and then third, like don't be afraid to fail. Like on this property, which I'm sure we'll go through, like we screwed up a lot, right? But every <laughs> single one of those screw ups was a learning experience. That's it. So like regardless of if you know we make money on this or not, like the value here was everything that we've learned. And that's something that kind of no fifteen thousand dollar webinar or like seminar would ever give to us. And so, I
0: think you, I'm sorry, go ahead, But
2: Let me ask
1: you a question, Perry. Um, we acquire this property, right? And and you get the offer accepted and you do the closing and now you've got this thing. What honestly were you feeling at that moment?
2: Um, I was a mixture of joy and a little bit of panic. Just, just a little? <laughs> just like a, a little bit of panic. Well, I knew I had a great team on the ground. Like Paul and I were like, okay, this is awesome. Like we have a good t- like, Good people around us, but like you mentioned, we're from Boston, so we have to relinquish like a lot of control. Um, and as Paul will tell you, I like I like kind of effing everything <laughs> in a row, and I like understanding what happens next. But for this, I didn't know that. But you guys kind of gave me the confidence to. To keep on trucking.
0: So let's kind of dive into that because you just brought up a really, really key point. We've talked about this on previous episodes, Greg, and that is, you know, building a team, yep. you know, and you alluded this already, Perry. And one of the first things that you said here, I'm sorry, it was the second thing, you know, when it comes around finance, you know, you know, you have to be able to pay for this stuff. You know, it doesn't just, you know, happen like it does on HGTV, right? You know, it's not one of those things where, wow, magically, I just bought this house with free money, and then I fixed it with free money. And then all of a sudden, every yeah, I just sold it and made 200 grand it didn't quite work that way. You know, there's few more moving parts so you know kind of walk people through you know what's it look like you know from your standpoint because you know you're somebody that does a lot of due diligence you know i know that you and i had several hours of conversation before we ever even met you know and so you're somebody that does a lot of due diligence you came into this very very well prepared i feel having done as much research as you could before you came into town and you know said, yeah, Indianapolis is where we want to invest our money at. But what are those steps? Like, how do you assemble a team? Kind of walk people through that, if you don't mind.
2: So, for us, I'm going to honestly keep going back to bigger pockets, but it's understanding, like, who you need. And that's honestly kind of where we came from for naming our company. Kind of four core capital. Mm -hmm. So, it's kind of those four core people that you need in like your investment business that are boots on the ground, especially when you're investing from afar. So for us, that's the, the real estate agent, the contractor, um, the, the lender, um, and then the property management company or property manager. So like at first we were kind of looking at doing um, what's it called like multifamily investments and buy and holds, which we're still going to do, but first understanding A, who you need And then B, who the rock stars are in that area. Like from a real estate agent perspective, like who has a ton of listings in the area? Who is the person that's getting mentioned the most when people are talking about Indianapolis? Mm -hmm. Um, Who does the most volume? Who seems to have a real grasp on the market and is able to give you a true education? And that's going to be the same for every single other person that you choose to be a part of that team, Um, it's just knowing the right questions to ask who those individuals are and those buckets of individuals that you need.
0: No, I absolutely love that answer because it's 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 how, you know, business is all about aligning yourself with the right people that you know in order to make things happen you know no one person can move the entire earth at once you know it takes an entire army of the right people doing the right things in order to make that happen and so you know tell people about that you know when you guys were coming into the city and you initially started kind of looking at things you know I know the way you and I met you know was through a mutual friend you know somebody that you work with but you know how do you go through that process of assembling that team because that's not something that just happens overnight right you know it's certainly a process of interviewing people knowing you know what your goals are going in what's that process look like because I truly feel that that's probably one of the biggest hurdles that people don't you know, don't cross that prohibits them from moving forward. Because if you don't assemble the right team, it always seems way too difficult and things just ultimately don't happen. You know, people choose not to move forward. But you guys did. You took the time to do that. If you don't mind, kinda walk us through that.
2: Yeah. So a big part of this is going to be patience. So for Paul and I, it took, I would say, nine months before we were comfortable getting to a point of even flying to Indianapolis to then figure out what our first purchase was going to be. And even when we got there, like the team wasn't yet assembled. Like we had a lot of conversations. We did a lot of research. We had kind of Google doc after Google doc of what are the questions that we need to ask each of these four people that need to be on our team? Um, Literally probably about two pages each. Like Ryan, we asked you all of those questions and lo and behold, you past with flying colors, um, but just, I mean, I really can just boil it down to perseverance and time. Yeah. Um, you need to be willing to do the work. Like you see the people on TV who kind of made the dream work, right? And a lot of that was blood, sweat, and tears on the back end and being able to, to deal with that things aren't going to go smooth. Like you need to be okay with kind of bumps in the road. And a big part of that, right, is making sure you're talking to the appropriate people and figuring out who the appropriate people are. And especially in today's day and age, it's, it's not as difficult to find those people if you're willing to do the work. Well, and
1: just to piggyback on what you're saying, Ryan, you know, as well as I do, you get calls all the time from people to say, Hey, I'm an investor. My first question is, have you done properties before? 99% of the time, the answer is no. Mm -hmm. Um, And probably 70% of the time they say, but I went to this seminar, Mm -hmm. which Perry, you talked about a few minutes ago, that whole concept. They've never done the due diligence. They've never done all the background work that Perry and Paul did. And so a big part of the reason, and I just want to stress this or reemphasize it, a big part of the reason that we're talking to Perry and we're talking about a house that is flipped, that's Mm -hmm. done, is because of the nine months of background work that they did in the beginning.
0: That's so huge because it... You know, it's not something that just happens. Yes. You know, did we learn some lessons, we're going to dive into that next, you know, that's the next thing we're gonna talk about some of those lessons learned here. But ultimately, you know, it's it's doing that research, you know, we still got this thing done in a month you know, which isn't terrible by any stretch of the imagination. But ultimately, it's it's doing the research, it's putting the right team of people together. Otherwise, man, that goal is going to get further and further and further away every single day of the week. And, you know, I think Perry really hit the nail on the head, I really appreciated when I you know, I remember sitting down with him at Bakersfield, you know, on Mass Ave, and we sat down and and we talked through what are we going to do here. And it was very apparent that this was not the normal, yeah, I'm thinking about investing in real estate right. woo woo conversation. It was now these people, had done their homework, they were ready to go, and they had intelligent questions. They wanted to know specifics about specific
1: areas, and I love that stuff because it puts me on my toes and it makes me go to work. And, so. and I, I got to share this quick. So, what we're talking about? I had an investor call me. This was like three years ago. They wanted to buy their first flip. Told me where they wanted to be, what they want to spend, bloody blue, bloody blue, bloody blue. Found them a house. We bought it. I drew up the plans for what to do to it. Yada yada yada. They wanted to do the demo themselves. I'm like sweet, right on. You understand demo work sucks, right? When you pop that ceiling, man, then the, you're going to wear all that insulation and vermiculin and all these
0: They other they, stuff. they truly just always cut the like scene on HGTV the second that hammer hits right. and everything blows up. Man, man, all the aftermath of the like debris and mess and all the stuff you have to deal with, that
1: just yeah, they just edit that out. It looks beautiful on TV. So so they call me. Uh, they we closed on a Friday. They were heading over there to demo I went over with them. We walked around, talked a little bit. I talked about opportunities to look at when you're demoing a hundred year old home. They called me Sunday afternoon. Can you come down to the house? I said, sure. So I drove down, get out. I walk inside. They're both in there and they're both covered in soot and nasty and whatever. I said, what's up guys? And I kid you not. He looked at me, pulled his mask down and said, I don't want to flip houses. <laughs> and so three days later, we listed the house. Uh, that is what happens when you don't do your background due, due diligence. Exactly
0: it. So so Perry, you know, with any new endeavor, you know, everybody loves the H E T V story when you buy the house for, you know, you know, you know, using other people's money and don't use any of your own to fix it. And then all of a sudden you make 150 grand. So let's tell people, though, about the story of unexpected surprises. So we definitely had a couple of them (laughs) on this one. And, and, you know, these are the stories that make, you know, like five years from now, when we're sitting around a campfire telling, you know, telling stories that these are the funny stories, but let's kind of dive into those, you know, right now a little bit, you know, we didn't have anything too terrible happen with this. You know, it wasn't, you know, terrible. I was talking to to a another investor, Perry, you actually know him, Steven yesterday, where they've had forty thousand dollars of stuff stolen over My the God. last last month. You know, so you know, thankfully knock oh, on no. wood here, you know, we've not had anything like that. But Perry, let's kind of talk about some of those roadblocks. You know, as you get started, you know, Greg asked you the question about, okay, you just bought this thing. Now you own a home that's, you know, a thousand miles away from you you know, what are some of those roadblocks that maybe we encountered, you know, and some of the, you know, challenges that we had to navigate through, if you don't mind, you know, just, you know, brutally sharing some of those.
2: Yeah, so in terms of the challenges, like, we obviously had a timeline, we didn't want this thing to stay um, kind of under construction for too long. So we didn't have cost overrun, right, we talked about that a lot. But a few things that happened so one you mentioned before were those cabinets right so we had initially budgeted for just painting them making them look pretty but we sanded them down and ryan you gave me a call and you're like these things look terrible like if we put this thing on the market with these cabinets like this thing will not sell yeah so i mean luckily that was only maybe a few hundred maybe a few more dollars to to replace but Definitely something that increased our timeline. Something for paid labor that we couldn't recoup, um, and something we honestly just kind of had to swallow and move mm-hmm. on. Um, and then the next piece is, I think they were—you said they were a previous tenant or someone else who had lived there. Previously. Oh my
0: gosh, this was. Um, fun. I, I'm Greg sorry. and I are laughing.
1: Sorry to interrupt, Perry, but we're laughing because this—this this was a moving adventure. So the contract. The- One one of the guys we had working on the house calls me one morning, and he says, hey, somebody's stealing the pavers out of the front yard.
0: This was uh, fucking—excuse my language. That was
1: live. That was live. Sorry. This was insane. This blew me (laughs)
0: away. He texts me this picture, and he's like, yo, dude. And I'm like, what in the heck is going on here
1: right now? And it's broad daylight. Broad daylight. Sorry, Perry. didn't mean to interrupt you there. And and he said, "Do do you want me to stop him? I'm like, good God, no. (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll go get some more pavers and take care of it, and then that night or the next morning, I come in. I'm standing in the front room looking outside. The same former tenant had come back and tried to pull out all three of the uh, English boxwoods in the front yard, and I guess oh couldn't gosh, figure out how to. This was this was so comical. So it was, imagine trying to pull a new shrub
0: out of the grass or like the ground and then just kind of giving up and leaving it there. That's what we came to the next day. It was super, was super hilarious. fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. Sorry. We didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you, Perry, but we like, we had some stories to, <laughs> to tell. there.
2: Yeah. You guys definitely needed a break after all of that. Cause I think that was the, the biggest roadblock that we hit. It was just theft after theft, after theft, after vandalism, because yep. like, so like we had like the AC units stolen, we had the pavers stolen, we had the the shrubs vandalized, and then the the piece la resistance was the stove. Like oh. Paul and I were talking to her, like who steals a stove? And also how do you steal a stove so efficiently with someone who's clearly not all there mentally? Oh, um man.
0: it was Oh, you're so right, though. But those are the questions that that, that again, three years from now, that the, like, these are the funny stories. But oh, my gosh, like, as you're experiencing this, it's like, you just stole a used stove, really, like, like, that's where we're at. But then secondly, it's like, holy crap, now we have to like, we literally spent one day, you know, two weeks ago, fixing everything that we yeah. had already done, you know, and those are things that you know, as an investor, you have to prepare yourself for because these aren't an anomaly to this home. This happens all of the time. You know, I was just talking to my buddy Stephen and, you know, he's had a rough, rough month dealing with some of this stuff going on in, you know, some areas of Indianapolis. And, you know, it, it's just part of it. But, you know, ultimately, Perry, you know, we're going to, you know, you know, kind of wrap this up and let you, you know, move on with your uh, pre-4th of July uh, weekend. But, you know, what would you leave you know, anybody listening to the show with, what would you want them to know about, you know, getting started with real estate investment or maybe some lessons learned or about assembling the team What would be, you know, maybe a couple lessons that you would want to leave with people, you know, as far as lessons learned.
2: So first and foremost, like, don't be afraid to ask questions. Like there's so many different nuances to real estate. Like even though I've done so much due diligence, like I'm still going to be learning 10 years from now. Um, second, assume the worst case scenario, like don't assume you're going to end up with the best piece of property with in the best area with the the best team and the like, just everything being all peachy keen and ready for TV. Um, my rule of thumb is just always have a 20% buffer, both both on the purchase and especially on the rehab, because like you were mentioning, Greg, like once you up, open up those walls, you're going to find a whole mess of stuff mm-hmm. in there. and things are gonna need to be fixed. Things are gonna need to be changed. Like we had some electrical issues with the hood over the stove and that needed, that wasn't accounted for and we needed to pay for it. Mm-hmm. But just go in with an open mind and get a true understanding of the full situation. And also I'd say my last piece of advice is like, don't go in it thinking you know it all, right? Cause there's always gonna be someone who has more experience than you, who has seen different things than you and it's, especially in a community like this, you're gonna be able to get such great advice from others. And if you close yourself off and think you're kind of hot stuff, then you're not gonna learn anything. And you're gonna end up like the people who pull down that mask saying, I don't wanna do real estate anymore. Right,
1: right on.
0: Now, I think that's super, super good advice. And you know, one of the other things that I wanted to share with people is that, you know, if you're considering doing this, you know, if you wanna take this on yourself, versus maybe you know hiring a contractor to help you do it, et cetera. There is one thing that nobody ever takes into consideration when they're redoing a house. I
1: what you're gonna say.
0: And that is one thing, Greg, you know where <laughs> I'm going with this. So I personally counted on this particular job. And this doesn't account for Greg or the rest of our crew, but Greg and I did most of the heavy lifting as far as you know gr- you know gathering materials, trying to control costs, et cetera, on this. But in my hand I hold an envelope right here. And in this now envelope In this envelope, for me, I I can't speak for Greg, but here is 29 trips to Lowe's slash Home Depot slash, man, you better have some hours in your day when you need to get stuff because things are not going to go according to your initial budget. So how, again, important is hiring a team, Greg? It's, it's the most important thing. and the, Because, b- by the way, I, I'm just going to interrupt you one more time. I just want, want to reiterate, if you're not on YouTube, get on YouTube, because these are all, like, individual trips to Lowe's, not, like, one trip, not, like, a second trip. Like, I'm throwing these around like
1: dollars making it rain. <laughs> <laughs> you totally should have. <laughs> well, and the thing is, the, the thing about the team concept, right, um, most of the challenges we, we ran into, and I'll say it with Perry here live with yeah. us right now, we didn't share with Perry and Paul, not because we were hiding anything, but because our job is to deal with the day-to-day stressors, Right, that's not it. their job. That's it.
0: And that's why you hire a team of real estate professionals, of the right contracting professionals, to make sure that, you know what, all of these trips to Lowe's, guess what? Perry and Paul do not need to know about these trips to Lowe's because it's, it's, it's part of what we do. It's a service right. we provide to make sure that, you know, if they're going to invest a dollar, that we're going to help them get more and more dollars out of that investment. And it's... They're investing it to make sure that, you know, they're hiring us to do the job, simply right. put. So, but that's what it is. So if you want to take these projects on yourself, which I strongly, strongly endorse, I encourage people, go do this stuff, go do it once yourself. So you experience what it is, so you know if it's for you or not. Because you never know until you try. And as an entrepreneur, man, I want to encourage you to go try. Because you will never get ahead if you don't try something new. Right. So go do it, go learn, go fall on your face. And at a minimum, if you don't lose money, but if, like you said earlier, Perry, you learn on your first one, man, that's worth its weight in gold because not, not not only that, you've not lost money, but you also gained this invaluable experience because Greg, you just did another flip right now where, where this one took us two months, or I'm sorry, one month to do. You just did another one using a lot of the lessons that we learned from this one, and you did it in two weeks. 13 right? days. 13 days. Yep. So that's what I'm talking about is, is how do you leverage the lessons that you learn to do it better than next time? You know, maybe you don't make that huge, massive pile of money the very first investment. But guess what? Maybe the second one, that's your payday or the yep. third one. That's your payday. So that's what we want to encourage people to really, really consider is, you know, get started. Start with doing something because sitting on the sidelines, not doing anything is not going to get and, you the results. And the after. first one is
1: class. You're right. Not with us, because I have no class, but the first one is a class. (laughs) Um, So my final question, guys, um, before we let you all go, we're, we're through this one. We're done. Are you ready to do the next one?
2: We're already looking. Let's go. Yes, we
1: are already looking. So we've got
0: Paul on the line. Paul, just finally, Paul was able to join us. We had some technical difficulties a few moments ago. Paul, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to join us here. Perry was carrying all the way to this show. So we're thankful for her joining us on this one. But thank you for taking a few minutes to join us on this. So let's, let's like gather in like two minutes. What's your rundown from start to finish? You've been doing, you've been a real estate investor now. You've started it. You've bought one. You've sold one. Bring us up to speed. What's the story?
3: Yeah. So sorry about the technical difficulties. I'm up here in uh, upstate Vermont. So I was a little nervous about the, uh, the wire the wire service but I came back to my hotel room to make sure that the uh, wire was good look for talking to those talking to the audiences that don't necessarily haven't that haven't necessarily done the nine months of pre-work that Perry did that's me right that's me I wasn't I didn't really know the first thing about real estate before Perry approached me and I didn't know what to expect when I came in here and so the biggest thing I've learned throughout this process it goes exactly back to what you folks were saying, which is it's all about the team, and it's all and and uh, I said it to you, Greg, the other day that you know, sure, we're hiring you, but we look at you guys as partners way more so than like you know people that are just doing a job for us. And I think that mindset is what hopefully will make us successful moving forward. Um, and you know, to your point, Ryan, about where do we go from here? Well, we uh, we're, we have big plans. We we have really big plans, and I think. Know as long as we can secure the financing that that we need, which is a huge challenge, which was a huge challenge on this one, particularly with COVID, and will continue to be a huge challenge. Like just given the stability of the markets uh, and whatnot, we're we're open for big things, but you know we want to we want to go at this and scale at this in a in, in a sustainable manner and not take on too much um, at once. So. Sorry about the technical difficulties earlier. And, Greg, I'm, I like the fact that you like basketball. I didn't, I didn't know that. So I'll, I'll pass it over to you guys.
1: <laughs> well, you're a lot taller than me, so we're not doing one-on-one. And a lot younger. Um, but, hell yeah, we'll, we'll toss the hoop around a little bit next time you're in town. All right, everybody. Well, we are gonna wrap up the
0: latest edition of Blue Collar Real Estate. This has been by far one of my favorite episodes we've ever done, are we, Greg. So are we wrap it up. Are we gonna wrap up this episode or are we gonna keep talking about it? I think it a little we bit gotta more? show the after pictures. We do need to show the afterpic holy crap, we forgot the after pictures. I'm so thankful you're here because well, you know, there's a lot of things I'm not doing <laughs> oh, in this world. So
1: thanks for inviting me. All right, so let's,
0: all right. So Jason, if so for everybody on YouTube, we want to show you these after pictures. I'm super, super thankful for these pictures. They turned out really, really good. The house turned out really, really well well and thankfully we were able to get it sold opening weekend and it was a really really good experience all in all so if we don't mind jason if you've uh, got a quick second i'm gonna stall and talk about some stuff while
1: we're getting that pulled up right now but let me tell this story oh please so we're talking about challenges and opportunities with this house i love this so I, i show up at the house and i back up into the driveway in my truck and i'm starting to unload stuff here comes a guy walking down the street he's wearing Jean shorts, no shirt. He's got a rat tail. Yes, I said a rat tail. That's a good look, though. I'm not I hear judging. Coming back. Um, if I could, if my wife would let me, I'd have a mullet. And my Magnum Pi stash right now, but she said hard no. Man. Anyway, I'll um, talk to her. I'll talk to her for you. Get her to join that. All right. right. Anyway, dude's got a rat tail, no shirt on. Um, he he's missing several teeth, and I'm not saying that to judge him. I'm just painting the picture. He's pushing this ratty looking mower down the street, and he says, "Hey." Your yard needs cut. I said, hell yeah, it does, dude. You want me cut it? I said, yeah, would you please? Uh, how much do you charge? He looked around for a minute as if he was studying the square footage and said, $20. I said, sold. And I kept carrying whatever was in my hands into the house. <laughs> then he, yelled, uh, he yells behind me, hey, can I get that $20? I said, sure. As soon as you're done mowing, I'm going to be here for a couple hours. I turn and start walking again. And he goes, hey, I got to go take care of something. I'll be back in a minute. And he kept pushing that mower down the street. Never saw him again. <laughs> never saw him again.
0: Oh, I love it. I'm like, hey,
1: stranger, the, here's 20 bucks. Thing, I know you'll do it. Oh, uh, the things you learn
0: doing, doing life. So, so we wanted to take a few minutes and show everybody that, you know, we showed you a few before pictures, but the after pictures. So, you know, this bathroom, you know, this bathroom is super, super small. You know, it's not a large, large bathroom. But, you know, one of the things that we found to do here to really just brighten this room up a lot was use another mirror, right? So we used a larger mirror to help, you know, expand and make the room seem a little bit larger. So mirrors are good for that. We added a lot of of, uh, oil rubbed bronze finishes to it as well. So just a couple simple things that we could do to really help clean it up on top of that so
1: yeah and that was a great call on your part with the bigger mirror because it really does liven up the space behind that curtain is a shower we do have a window in there so we have natural light but that mirror just amplifies it that was a great call yeah so
0: perfect so as we move on through the next photos here you know one of the biggest things that we showed here you know and if you saw the before photos on this you know unfortunately you know we don't have the side-by-sides here but you know we put the the, the um, vinyl plank flooring down, yep. and this flooring looks so good. It goes on so, so well. You know, it's, it's such a good product. I would highly encourage anybody that if you're looking for wood floors, this is a very economical way to do it, but also a very, it, it, it's just a good product. I mean, it weathers well. It works well with pets, with anything like that. I love this product. And you know, our subs that put this down, they did a great job with it.
1: Oh, they did, and it looks amazing. And, and then we have the uh, the new baseboard heaters, of course. Because the other ones were all painted like we talked uh, well, about the beginning. they were painted. They were painted. And then well. a, a big thing that I don't think um, – I think is often overlooked, and my stepdad would, would, if he was here, would tell you that it shouldn't be, the windows got cleaned. Oh, it makes such a gigantic difference. You, you take off the windows? dirty – uh window coverings you clean the windows i mean
0: look at them. it brings up s- brings in so much more light it's incredible absolutely incredible so you know so we did a ton of work on this house we did a bunch of stuff to the kitchen the kitchen's one of the coolest rooms that i want to show people there's the uh ac there it that it is uh, that uh, we had stolen but so with this kitchen so we ended up replacing the cabinets in the kitchen you know i thought it turned out ext- extremely extremely cool we put the subway tile in the background behind it which really really blended in blended it in well oh yeah but and then of course the stainless appliances you can't go wrong with stainless appliances so and and that other
1: shot of the kitchen i think it's the next one jason nope i mean that's a great close-up
0: oh that was one of my favorite things that we did at this house this was kind of a afterthought we didn't plan on doing this originally but then we found an opportunity to do a uh a um Butcher block. Butcher block countertop. Yep. And this turned out so cool, I thought. Just the butcher block countertop. We found this countertop. We had to, you know, customize it quite a bit in order to make it work with the kitchen layout. But this wasn't a very expensive option to do, and I thought it turned out so, so cool.
1: Yeah, it it just really, with the white cabinets and um, the white backsplash, it really gives a nice earthy element to it. And then I think the next shot's, nope, one more. We had a shot of the full wall of kitchen cabinets. Where the hell did that go? Well, it's coming, but it may not be on there, because I may have not well, uh, done it the right way. That's kind of that's kind of good. That get, But, yeah, the point, and, and one thing I really want to stress to people watching that are looking at these pictures, these were off-the-shelf cabinets. Yeah. Um, now, we took our time and did the layout and made sure we got them right, and that's off-the-shelf countertop. In fact, everything you see on that wall, it looks so bloody custom. It's beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. But it's all off-the-shelf stuff. So we are still able to maintain some semblance of a budget, right? Well,
0: and that was what was important because when when we ran into these challenges that Perry talked about a little bit ago, we had to find some solutions because the solution is not just go spend more money, right? Right. The solution is, okay, how do we engineer a better option in order to make this work? And that's what we were able to do. We were able to find the right cabinets. We, we, We had to alter the configuration a little bit in order to make it all work. But we were able to find the right products, and believe it or not, On this project, you know, we had a specific budget of, I think it was $12,860, right? Something like that, yeah. And we came in like $96 under budget. Yep. Even with a lot of the changes that we had to make because we were smart about what we were doing. We were... You know, we interviewed a bunch of contractors. We put the right team of people in place. And, yes, we certainly learned some lessons as we were going through this. You always, always do. Yes, we did. But ultimately, (laughs) right, as Greg uh, grabs the other Lowe's receipts that we had. Maybe that was Menard's one. I'm sorry. But ultimately, you know, we learned some lessons. But
1: everybody won on this adventure, right? And that's the key. What we look for. Yeah, People always talk about win-win. We look for win-cubed. Yeah, I absolutely. want win, win, win.
0: Because, and what Greg means by that is we want the buyer to feel good about this house. We want the buyer to walk into this house, feel extremely excited that they've got an awesome house that, that they're going to be comfortable with. This wasn't like, a let's put some lipstick you know lipstick on a pig this was like let's do it the right way we had a bunch of electrical stuff you know as you always call the ugly money on this house that was a huge part of our budget on this house because we had to get it right you know we had to make sure that somebody wasn't going to have a problem with things later on so that was a big part of what, what we had to take into consideration but you know i'm so thankful i'm excited that you know with this home we're driving towards the closing finish line right right now with it and it just turned out well you know you know you know perry and paul are going to win on this house the buyer is going to win on this house everybody's going to win on this and that's what we're all about
1: yep and i think um that's a good note to end on done and done so
0: So for everybody, this is the latest edition of Blue Collar Real Estate. I am Ryan Hergett sitting here with Greg Mayo. Thank you all so much. If you took anything out of this episode, which we certainly hope you did, please be sure to reach out, like, comment, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Love any other feedback. So anything you need, reach out to us. We're here for you. Hope you all have a great weekend. Thanks, everybody,
1: and happy 4th.